Get ready for the greatest roast of all time. The Roast of Tom Brady. A Netflix live event happening May 5th. Hosted by Kevin Hart, the seven-time world champion gets his cleats held to the fire by famous friends and frenemies on an unforgettable night where everything is fair game. Tune in on May 5th at 5 p.m. Pacific time for The Roast of Tom Brady, live only on Netflix. You ready? Showtime. On May 3rd, summer starts with The Fall Guy. What are you doing later? Let's drink a spicy margarita. Make some bad decisions. Yes! Audiences are falling in love with the most entertaining film of the year. Fall guy. Fall guy. Fall guy. That's what the poster said. See Ryan Gosling and Emily Blunt in the movie critics say exists to make you happy. Trying to make it out? Nope. Because I don't either. It's not what I'm into right now. What are you into? Talking. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the Fall Guy. Only in theaters May 3rd. Read it PG-13. Uh-huh. I've been around the block, ripping up fantasy stock, working around the clock, look at the view from the top, researching rookies a lot, no, I just be listening to pods, yeah, one in particular, I'm just a messenger, let me just pass on the rock, browning, brunning, bruning, pronouncing ain't what he's doing, what he's doing is not losing, but infusing you with new things, and there's Dennis the Bennett, yeah. The man is a menace, yeah. Building a dynasty, some of the finest things. Promise you, you won't regret it. Mm. Slice a fox, cultured in pop. Give him his props. Here is a thought, here is a box. And you cannot compare him at all, so don't even try. Careful with the news, but when you use a take, I take up Tony Fire. I mean dire, because anyone else is a huge mistake. Whoa. Fantasy round table, fantasy, fantasy round table. Yeah. Fantasy round table, come take a look at the crown, baby. Hey. Fantasy round table, fantasy, fantasy round table. Woo. Fantasy round table come take a look at the crown baby go hello and welcome to another episode of the fantasy football roundtable podcast for me at least it is a victory monday it was almost a victory monday for both of us i was for earlier in the day uh, when detroit did not pull it out we will get to all of the games and more we may even have a special guest join us before the monday night football game tonight the barn burner between cooper rush and the dallas cowboys and the surprisingly undefeated new york giants who promised that kenny galladay will be more involved i'm joined by dennis that more involvement does that mean four snaps instead of two or what are you thinking well, I mean, maybe they'll actually throw a ball in his general area. You know, it could still only be two snaps, but, you know, Daniel Jones tosses one his way. See what you can do, Kenny. I don't know. I feel like he's got a skill set that the rest of the receivers there don't. He's big. You know, while he's probably not as fast as he used to be, he's still, if he's, in the right frame of mind, if he's motivated. And he kind of came out and was talking earlier, like he was pissed off he was only involved for for two plays. And Brian Dayball said, well, I'm glad he's mad. He should be mad. He, he, he wants to think he's – believe he's one of the better receivers, and then he only plays two plays because we don't feel like he's given the effort. Give an effort. We'll put you out there. Work harder, we'll play you more. 
And it's such a fascinating situation because the reports after last week's game were that he had cleaned out his locker and you thought imminently he was going to be released or traded. And then you hear Brian Dayball talking during the week. Maybe the Giants finally realized what kind of a savage cap hit that would have been. And they're like, no, no, let's make it work. Uh, well, we're going to get to the games that actually took place. And first up on the schedule was the barn burner of the day as the Chicago Bears held off the Houston Texans 23-20. to Dennis, we saw a, uh, a lot of feature for Damian Pierce last week. This week he got 20 carries, 80 yards, and a touchdown. Burkhead only had three carries. Uh, Pierce also getting a couple of targets, caught them for 21 yards. Are you starting to feel better? 101 total yards and a touchdown. Are you starting to believe that Pierce might be an RB2 kind of guy? Yeah, I – I'm pretty comfortable with him as a low-end RB2, probably more comfortable as a high-end RB3. I'd like to see him get some of those five targets that Burkhead had. So, like, if we could get him, the you know, 18 to 20 carries and four to five targets, I, I think that bodes really, really well for Damian Pierce. You know, he didn't have, you know, a great day, 20 carries for 80 yards is right spot on four yards per carry. Um you know, and there's some argument as to whether or not that offensive line is good or bad or kind of just average. Um, I, I feel like we're going to see him continue to grow, but his ceiling is probably 65% of the snaps and probably in the 20 opportunity range. You know, they're not a team that runs a lot of plays. Uh, so I think that that, you know, if he can get that volume going forward, I definitely want him in my lineup. Yeah, I think the thing that concerns me, um, you know, I will agree with you of all the offensive lines that exist, they're one of them. Uh, I think the thing that concerns me is you're right about Burkhead being seemingly the, the preference when they're going to go into passing. So far, the Texans have been remarkably lucky in that they've played all close games. Last year, we saw some games where they got significantly behind. I would like to see what kind of a snap share and workload Pierce gets in a game where the Texans are maybe behind by 20 or something like that, which you know maybe it'll never happen, but you never know. On the flip side, uh, another running back to look at. David Montgomery left with injury early on, and then it was Khalil Herbert time. Khalil Herbert had 20 carries, and he made the most of them, 157 yards and two touchdowns, almost eight yards to carry. He also caught two passes for the season now, Dennis. He is averaging 7.3 yards per carry, and he is making a significant case for playing time. Even when Montgomery is healthy, do you think Herbert has earned himself a regular role? Well, you know, there were rumblings in the offseason that Herbert and Tristan Ebner both were better fits for the Luke Getze offense. And Herbert has been productive being the backup. When he gets in, he makes plays. And we saw last year in Nagy's offense, Herbert, what started, I think, three games, produced really well. I think he's just a, a pretty good back. You know, Montgomery does some things really, really well. He's got great lateral movement, but doesn't have great, great, you know, top end speed. Uh, doesn't have a lot of burst. Herbert has some of that burst. And so, you know, it showed yesterday what he does. I think what we're headed for is an act It is a split. I think they start to play more kind of 50, 50 ball. Um, do, 
you know, we'll see what, how long uh, Montgomery's out. I haven't looked to see what the early reporting is, but it sounded like he may be out, uh, you know, only a game at most, maybe two. That being said, uh, you know, that offense has bigger fish to fry than David Montgomery and Justin Herbert. I mean, maybe they can just wheel them all out there and do the wishbone. Uh, right. I do, you know, I think your that sound you heard was Herbert's by low window kind of slamming shut uh, based on, on the performance now that we've seen over a couple of weeks. Uh, but the big thing for me, even going into the season, was Montgomery being in a contract year, and there's been no rumblings that they wanted to keep him long term. So it looked like Herbert was going to have an opportunity anyway, and I think he's just cementing that with the way he is playing. So on sleeper right now, let's see where is it? Uh, Herbert's still only forty eight percent rostered on in sleeper leagues right now. Yeah, it's and if, be, if he's not rostered waiver. in your league, you need to be. You need to be going. I don't understand him not being rostered in Dynasty. I'm wondering if they have a lot of best ball and, and things like that. If you thought he wasn't going to have a big role this year, maybe, but we'll see. Well, I'm, I pulled up our redraft our, our redraft league, and so I'm assuming that this is these are redraft numbers, and the sleeper kind of breaks them out based on the type of league that you're pulling the information from. Uh, on our next game, we swing to Tennessee, where uh, the Depression Bowl turned out in favor of the Titans, who were able to hold off the Raiders 24-22. to uh, We'll look at the Raiders first. You know, find somebody that loves you as much as Josh McDaniels apparently loves Mac Hollins. Uh, but the Raiders, now the only winless team in the NFL. Are they in trouble, Dennis? I don't think they're in trouble. You know, maybe they're not going to have the kind of year that uh, a lot of people thought they might have. Um, it's more of a, I, you know, that, uh, oh, what was his name? The GM that, that's gone. Uh, the well, draft Gruden pundit. Was there, but, oh, yeah. uh, Mike oh, Mayock. Yeah, Mayock. So Mayock and Gruden didn't do a terrific job stocking the cupboard at the offensive line position. Uh, and I think that, you know, Josh McDaniels got kind of a checkered head coaching pass to say the least. Um, and so, you know, I'd like to think that at some point they're going to go, man, we went out and we paid a whole bunch of money for this elite wide receiver. And we should really throw him the ball a lot and not use him as a decoy. So we can give Mac Collins eight catches on 10 targets. Now, Hollins produced, it was great, 158 yards and a touchdown. But, man, you got to – Devontae Adams has to have more than 35 yards. Uh, I don't know the inefficiency. Uh, you know, I didn't watch a lot of that game. You know, at least Adams did get you the touchdown. But, man, it was uh, – you know, it's something – yeah, I mean, I think it's a pretty 
grim sign. I'm with you after week one where they only had eyes for Adams. This is a couple of weird games in a row. He did have 10 targets, but only the five receptions for 36 yards. You have to figure they've got to find a way to get him going. Didn't even really get Darren Waller going in this one. Before we look at the Titans, we got a quick trade question. Do I trade away Najee Harris for Leonard Fournette and Ken Gainwell? If it's Dynasty, I'm not doing it at all. If it's Redraft, I actually might do that because the Steelers offense still looks like it's struggling. I I don't think I would. I I, I still think Najee is better than Harris. Uh, I don't think Gainwell is somebody you're going to start consistently. Uh, it's I, I feel like I in redraft I I, I want to get the best player and I think that's Najee. On the Titans side of this game, uh, the Titans come away with a crucial win, but it wasn't always pretty. Dennis, what are you making of this Titans passing game? Man, you got to love six targets for Derrick Henry. Finally, after 18 years, Derrick Henry is getting targets. You know, I, we're, we're seeing uh, a slide for Ryan Tannehill. You know, he was – I don't want to say he was ran out of Miami – but Miami basically said, hey, you're at your ceiling and we think we can do better. He went to Tennessee. They've had some good years. Uh, you know, Robert Woods had a great day, but, uh, you know, Traylon Burks led the team in routes run. He had more routes. So he's going to be getting the opportunity. I like Traylon Burks. Um, you know, he's slowly but surely growing into the position. But they're a Derrick Henry team, and finally this week, you know, we had a Derrick Henry kind of game. And I, I think that it, it'll be interesting to see if Henry continues to get targets because we, we it kind of looked in week one that when it came to the passing game, it was going to be Dontrell Hilliard all the time. And then we look at this game, and Henry gets six targets to Second Hilliard. most on the team. Hilliard's one target, uh, he, and he did put up 58 yards on five catches to go along with his 85 yards rushing. So uh, I like I like the concept of that, but I don't know if it's something we're going to see consistently. Yeah, and I think you hit on it. Outside of Henry, I don't feel confident that they have an offensive identity, especially when it comes to the passing game. Week one, we saw Robert Woods barely involved. It seemed like Traylon Burks was the guy and Kyle Phillips. I know Phillips has been banged up. They haven't really gotten Westbrook Akini going. This game, they didn't really target Burks much at all. They've never really done much with Austin Hooper. I thought that would be an interesting signing. For me, I think the Titans passing game is one that I'm not looking to start anyone out of until we get a little more clarity, which may never I mean, come. He, he did pass for 264 yards. He just only popped it into the end zone the one time. And that was to Jeff Swain. Yeah, that helps everyone. On to uh, Indianapolis, which was perhaps the most uh, shocking game of the week. I guess it was my hubris for asking you if the Colts had any chance on Friday. But the Indianapolis Colts pull off the upset 20-17 to 17 over the Kansas City Chiefs. Uh, for the Chiefs, you know, the kind of usual suspects were involved. Not a lot of big analysis there. Not a great day for them. But I wanted to ask you about the Colts. Passing game looked remarkably better. They also remembered that Jonathan Taylor existed and gave him three receptions and 21 carries. But the most interesting to me was young tight end Jelani Woods. 
He only caught two passes for 13 yards. Both of them happened to be touchdowns. We've been wondering which tight end might step up for the Colts. Do you have any faith in Woods? So do you want the tight end that played 42 snaps, the tight end that played 30 snaps, or the tight end that played 16 and just happened to get a couple fluky touchdowns? Are you saying I'm falling into the week one OJ Howard trap all over again? That's what it looks like. No, I, you know, I think Woods is going to be fine if you're playing Dynasty. I, I think it's definitely somebody to keep an eye on. But he's not getting the the opportunity. It just happened to be uh, on the field at that point, and you know it could have been any one of any one of the three tight ends that that caught those touchdowns. It just happened to be Woods. He he's going to be fine long term, but I think long term is not twenty twenty two. He's a dynasty stash, and I. I couldn't imagine being in a position where I have to start him in a redraft league. Six weeks from now, if he's getting, if he's leading the tight ends and snaps and getting opportunity, or eight weeks from now, uh, you know, I'll change my tune. But right now, he's the tight end three on that team, and and we've seen, you know, time after time after time when a tight end will pop off and catch a couple touchdowns, and yeah, uh, you know. I don't know, maybe we call it the O.J. Howard, um, you know, it's just, it's screwy. It would have been great, but nobody, it was a perfect GPP play in uh, like for DraftKings or FanDuel or something. Yeah, I mean, that, I feel like that was the kind of performance the best ball is made of. I'm with you there. Lately, I've been listening to a lot of my favorite sports podcasts using Raycon's Wireless 3 Airbuds. Raycon's everyday earbuds look, feel, and sound better. Better than ever, actually. With optimized gel tips and a perfect in-ear fit, these earbuds are so comfortable, they will not budge whenever you're moving around. Trust me, I work on a job that requires me to move 24-7. They're never falling out of my ear, which I appreciate. Not only that, but Raycon gives you 8 hours of playtime and 32 hours of battery life. Raycons are priced just right to get the quality audio at half the price. Other premium audio brands charge you a lot. And no, it's no wonder why Raycon's everyday earbuds have over 50,000 five-star reviews. My favorite things about them, the earbud tap function. When I'm sitting there talking to somebody and didn't realize that my podcast is still going, I can quickly just tap the button to stop what I'm doing. Noise isolation as well is incredible for me. I get to some loud environment sometimes and I'm able to actually just listen and hear just what I want to which is my sports stuff they're telling me what I need to know to continue moving about my day I use them all the time whether I'm working out working or honestly just sitting at home and listening to sports podcasts sometimes some music to get in the mood I'm not gonna lie to you guys a little bit of Harry Styles it's not the same as it was. It gets me going. I love that kind of music. It puts me in a working kind of atmosphere at home when I'm working on everything for the Fantasy Football Roundtable. Go to buyraycon.com slash TPPN today to get 15% off of your Raycon order. That's buyraycon.com slash TPPN to score 15% off. Again, buyraycon.com slash TPPN. PN, some of the best headphones that I have used. You go get them today. They're worth it, guys. Go get them. 
Uh, on to Miami, where we thought this might be the game of the day, and it was pretty darn good, and that's before you even consider that it gave us the butt punt, uh, which is something I'm sure we're going to be talking about for uh, weeks to come. The Miami Dolphins hold on for a 21-19 to win, despite the safety that emerged from that uh, failed punt. I want to look at the Bills first. Is their lack of a rushing game starting to have an impact on them? You would look at the box score and say Zach Moss had 46 yards on four carries, but he had one 43-yard run. For the most part, aside from Josh Allen, they are not finding any success on the ground. I, You want to be balanced. You want to have more balance, and uh, it's – with Josh Allen being their short yardage and goal line back, it, it does present some issues. You know, Singletary played 73% of the snaps. Um, Moss p- played 17, Cook played 12. So they're not playing a, a lot of snaps, or the backups aren't playing much, and they're not getting much opportunity. It was nice to see Moss produce and while one it was one big play and and three other snap three other carries uh we've seen him earlier this year be productive in the passing game Uh, it's you know buffalo has to decide they want to run the ball when josh allen runs it they can run it when you know we've seen singletary have some limited success uh but i think that until they say we're going to commit to the run uh, with a running back, then I don't know that you can really count on um, that happening. It's I, I want them. I, I want it to happen. You know, we've seen what happens when the quarterback, even one that big and athletically gifted, you know, we saw what happened with Cam Newton. Eventually, you get beat up, and the injuries will start to wear on you. And as much as I like Josh Allen and as good for fantasy as he is right now, I'd like to see a running back take some of that load off him and uh, have McDermott start to feel comfortable and, and Dorsey, you know, not melt down and say, hey, let's give the ball to the running back. Um, we'll, we'll see. You know, they ha- what, what they're doing is generally working. Uh, you know, they dominated just about every facet of the game yesterday, the time of possession and yardage and stuff. It just, you know, sometimes that's the breaks. Yeah, it it is still, I'm with you though. I'm a little curious that they haven't made more of an effort with Singletary because it seemed like when they let him go at the end of last year, they had some good success and it meant good things for their team, but they just um, have not really committed to anyone. If you count Reggie Gilliam, they're using at least four running backs every game, which is curious. On the flip side for the Dolphins, uh, River Craycraft, a guy that's on their practice squad, has gotten called up a couple weeks in a row. And in both weeks, he's caught a touchdown. And he only had one target yesterday, but made the most of it. Some people have wondered if perhaps there is a potential bigger role for him. Now, they changed the rules about the practice squad. If you get called up three times, you have to be added to the roster. Do you think there's any interest in maybe Craycraft as a deep stash? You know, insert the uh, nah, that's bait gift from uh, Mad Max Fury Road. Uh, you know, Craycraft, Craycraft has been around, in what what's he in his fourth year now, third year? 
Uh, I think he's, you know, him, maybe more than that. I'd have to look it up. I, mean, I think he's been on three or four different teams. You know, he's 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 basically Trent Sherfield, and Sherfield played what uh, I was just looking at it, sixty three percent of the snaps. But he know, made the most impactful play of the game, or the biggest impact was made on him anyway. Yeah, it's it's uh, you know, Craycraft is you know he's a special teams guy, he's a fringe guy. Um, I I play I I've got a sixteen team. Uh, start 22 players, 11 IDP, 11, or 10 ID, 9 IDP, a kicker, and uh, 12 offensive players. Craycraft is a guy you roster in that league. Uh, he's not a guy you roster in the regular, everyday uh, redraft league. I agree. On to the game that broke both our hearts. The Minnesota Vikings hold on 28-24 over the Detroit Lions. The Lions jumped out to lead, and they had another big game from Jamal Williams, who got 20 carries to DeAndre Swift, 7, had 87 yards and two rushing touchdowns, also caught a couple of passes. This is the second big game we've seen from him out of three. Is it time to take Williams a little more seriously as a weekly start? I think so, uh, especially with uh, Dan Campbell coming out today and saying that they, they might just rest Swift for the next two weeks and let his shoulder get healthy. Uh, it's kind of a bummer for people that roster Swift. And, you know, Swift is the more talented runner, um, the more talented receiver. But oftentimes we see sometimes it's not talent that produces. It's just guys that have they've got enough talent and when they get the opportunity, they refuse to let it go. And I think Jamal Williams is kind of turning into that guy. He's gonna ma- he's gonna make a, a place for himself. He's great in the locker room. They love him in Detroit. They loved him in Green Bay. Uh, and you know he's 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 scoring fantasy points uh, to the chagrin of my uh, DeAndre Swift shares. Yeah, I mean, he was a fun player on Hard Knocks, too, so I'm kind of happy for him. On the flip side, on Friday, we talked about the difficulty in trusting Osborne or Thielen because they didn't seem to be getting consistently involved. One thing the Lions were able to do was blanket Justin Jefferson, who only had three receptions for 14 yards. Meanwhile, Thielen and Osborne each seeing eight targets. Thielen caught six for 61 and a touchdown. Osborne five for 73 and a touchdown. After kind of a breakthrough game, are you having more confidence in their role in the passing game? I don't know that I'm having more confidence in their roles. Um, I think their roles are what they are. They just happen to get open. Uh, Jeff Okuda, I was – I saw a tweet earlier today. I was just looking to see if I could find it. Uh, the three guys that he has covered uh, so far uh, this season have not produced very well. And, uh, uh, you know, what was it? Devontae Smith, I think he shut him out. Uh, who'd they play last week? Yeah, Devonta Smith, he shut him out. And then they played Washington. I think he held down. Uh, Wasn't I think that he Terry? Had McLaurin, yeah. yeah. He didn't have like three for 46 or something like that. So, you know, Okuda is playing really well, but I think Justin Jefferson is what Justin Jefferson is. And he's, despite the start of the season, he's probably the top dynasty wide receiver in the game. Uh, I have faith 
And I, if, if, you know, if people are getting squirrely and want to move him, call me up. I'm your guy. Yeah. I don't think it says much about Jefferson, but I was encouraged to at least see Thielen and Osborne for to see cousins. Remember they were on the team. I had some hopes for Osborne. I'm a little bit like you. I, you know, I think the coverage on Jefferson was good. So they went other places. That doesn't seem like a reliable fantasy formula yet. Uh, we'll move to new England where the Baltimore Ravens came in and got a 37 to 26 win over the Patriots and also beat Mac Jones up. Look at the Patriots in a minute here. Uh, Lamar Jackson, really good. Also, I don't know if you had it on your bingo card, but J.K. Dobbins returned so that Justice Hill could lead the team in rushing with 60 outside of Lamar Jackson with uh, 60 yards on six carries. So that was fun. Uh, any other big takeaways from Baltimore? You know, if I remember correctly, somebody on this show uh, – said that uh, Lamar was going to return to his MVP season form. Um, And he certainly seems to be doing that. He's having a great year. I think that it's not surprising, I guess, that they they limited um, J.K. Dobbins' touches and snaps. He's, uh, He's coming off an injury. They were really conservative getting him back on the field. Uh, it's good to see Justice Hill coming back. You know, he was out with an injury last year. Uh, you know, the the Ravens lost all three of their running backs. But I'm not overly concerned that Justice Hill is going to somehow become the starter over J.K. Dobbins. Who knew that we'd mention Lamar Jackson and that would be what it took to call Matt back to us? Did, did we say it three times in the mirror real fast? Is you did, unfortunately. I was I was literally just like laying in bed, getting ready to watch Monday Night Football, and all of a sudden I just appeared here. I, I wasn't exactly sure what it was. Was it was it Lamar, Herbert, Tua, Khalil Herbert? There's, there's so many different players, but I'm glad to know which one it was now. Well, on the Patriots side, Mac Jones uh, didn't have a great day and got beat up, so we'll have to monitor his status. Uh, but the passing game seemed to flow through their newest receiver, Devontae Parker. He had 10 targets, catching five of them for a ridiculous 156 yards. Matt, I'll start with you. Are you buying Devontae Parker? Uh, what's it going to cost me? I think that's the question. 350 Probably your soul. You know, it's hard to say because it looks like Mac's obviously going to be out for a while. I believe they said it's a high ankle sprain, right? I mean, that's not something that anybody's going to come back from quickly. I, I would imagine he got least... carried to the locker room. That always yeah, seems saw... like a great sign. I saw the pictures of him, like when the camera was on him, he was good. But then, like when he thought the camera's off, you could he showed how much pain he was really in. Like that dude. It, it looked like it looked like somebody was carrying his leg behind him. To be yeah, it, it was it was not pretty. So I, I feel for Mac Jones there. I mean, it's hard to say yes. Like I think he's going to be the one. I think Jacoby Myers probably comes back next week. But it's Brian Hoyer. Like, is Brian Hoyer still the destroyer? I don't know. The dude's been in the league forever. Like I don't. They, know. they didn't guarantee it was Hoyer. I heard somewhere that could be Bailey Zappi. <laughs> I don't. If that's the case, I don't know that I'd want to. I mean anyone right you'd want so like i mean it feels dirty just even saying i'd give up a second for him i know i'd probably just stay away from him i mean we've seen this from Devonte parker right he has these incredible games for like two weeks and then in, in two weeks from now we're gonna be talking about his three catches for four yards so. yeah i i think it come you know myers is the guy 
in that offense. Uh, he was out this week, so somebody had to catch the ball. And I, I think even New England knows we can't just keep throwing it to Nelson Aguilar because nothing good is going to come from that. So Parker has flashed. I, I think when they, you know, what they need to do is be more confident in their passing game and use more receivers. But what they've shown over the past, I don't know, season and a half, season and a quarter with Mac is that, um, you know, they can really only support one wide receiver. I think as Mac continues to develop and the offense eventually gets a real offensive coordinator that, uh, they'll be able to to support at least one and a half, one and three quarters wide receivers as opposed to just one. Yeah, the person I was looking for them to throw it to is named Hunter Henry. I know his face is on the back of a milk carton, if we can ship that to Bill. Uh, moving on to the Meadowlands or whatever they call the Giants state or the Jets stadium now, the Jets uh, fall to the Bengals 27 to 12. That was one upset I did not get correctly. We've talked about a little bit this season, uh, Dennis, about how the offensive line woes have hampered Joe Burrow in the passing game, but it hasn't been a friend to Joe Mixon either. 12 carries for 24 yards on Sunday, another middling game. Is it time to worry if you have Mixon in fantasy? Well, I, I think eventually it's going to shake itself out. I mean, he's he's – one of the biggest victims of the lousy offensive line play. And there's no substitute for actual live reps. So we're three games in there. I think that the they've got some talented players on the line. And so I think they're just going to continue to get better. They got to win. So they got that monkey off their back and the pressure's off there. So let's just go on and kind of keep going and keep building you know, one snap at a time approach and, and play from there. I'm, I think Mixon's going to be just fine. I just think he's off to a slow start. Yeah, I agree. It's been a weird year altogether for fantasy. I don't, um, it's, it's been unenjoyable <laughs> from my perspective. I'm sure a lot of other people are having a good time. I haven't, I am not. Uh, see, I think, I think Mixon will turn around as the Bengals offense will. Football fans, the first Sunday of the NFL season is here, and DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NFL, is giving new customers a can't-miss offer to celebrate the return of the NFL season. Right now, new customers can bet just $5 and get $200 in free bets instantly. And as an added bonus for Week 1, everybody can experience the thrill of DraftKings with early win promotion. It's simple. Bet on an NFL team to win. If your team leads by 10 at any point during the game, you get paid instantly, even if the team ends up losing. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now. Use the promo code TPPN, that is TPPN, and get $200 in free bets instantly. When you place a $5 bet this Sunday, that is code TP. PN only at DraftBook Sportsbook, DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NFL. Minimum age and eligibility restrictions apply. See the descriptions for the episode for details. Uh, for the Jets side, Tyler Conklin, another big game, saw eight targets, caught all eight of them for 84 yards. Matt, given the state of tight end position, do you have any interest in Tyler Conklin? Yes, he should be rostered and started every single week. I mean, we talked a little bit about him this offseason. 
he's a guy that I, I was raising up my boards and I am worried about obviously Zach Wilson coming back and will that affect him as it does seem like he is doing a, obviously all this with Joe Flacco. Will Zach Wilson target him? But I think Garrett Wilson going down, I, I don't believe we know exactly how long Garrett Wilson will be out at the moment. Like that could only be good things for Conklin as they may he try to He came back in and actually okay. reappeared yesterday. So I don't know if he'll miss any time. We'll have to see. But yeah, for right now, as long as Flacco's out there, and even when, when Wilson comes out, if you want to bench him for a week just to see what he does with Wilson, but I think he should be rostered and started every single week right now. Yeah, he's he's the tight end to roster in New York. He's what, tight end three, tight end four on the season? Tight end three on the season, yeah. Uh, I say, you know, if, I, if, if he's on my roster, I'm riding it. Zach Wilson comes back, I'm going to ride it until I see multiple games in a row of Zach Wilson pretending he doesn't exist. Next up, we'll move uh, to Washington. Also, let's talk about how disheartening it is that the starting quarterback is returning for a team in the Jets, and that makes us less confident they're going to be good. But uh, for like the 95th time this season, the revenge narrative did not bear any fruit as the Philadelphia Eagles won 24 to 8 over Carson Wentz and the Washington Commanders. Dennis, for the Eagles, we saw another huge game for Devonta Smith. We just talked about week one being maybe an outlier because we're seeing how good Jeff Akuda has been in coverage should Devonta Smith be started with confidence every week I I'd like to think that uh he was already being started I mean the dude's good he you know week one was a, an aberration and we've seen it with a lot of really good players this year that you know they've had a bad game or they've had a bad couple games um but yeah Devonta Smith definitely you know it to me, going into the season, it felt like it was a um, wide receiver one, wide receiver two combo. But I think Devontae's saying, no, it's a 1A, 1B kind of situation here. Uh, he, he made some big plays. He put up some yardage. And, and I think that, you know, we know that A.J. Brown produces unlimited volume. That's what he's done his entire career. Um we haven't seen that from Devonta Smith, but the concern in Philadelphia was with Jalen Hurts, they wouldn't throw the ball enough to support both of them. I think they're they're doing that just fine. You know, the real loser might actually be um, Dallas Goddard. Yeah, I I'm don't mean to be mean when I say this. If you sat Devonta Smith, shame on you. I mean, he's he's an incredible wide receiver. Shame. As, as, as Dennis mentioned, like P- Justin Jefferson has what a combined eight fantasy points over the past two weeks. Like even star players have bad weeks. It happens. They're on a offense that at times is not going to be very pass heavy. You're going to get bad weeks from Devonta Smith. Very rarely will you get shut out the way he did in week one. No reason to be concerned. Start him every single week. Next up, we will move to Carolina, where apparently the team that Baker Mayfield intended to F up was actually the Saints. He just got that wrong. It wasn't the Browns that he was looking for. Because the Panthers finally get off the schneid with a 22-14 to win over New Orleans. We'll get more to the fighting Baker Mayfields in a minute. But, Matt, we saw Michael Thomas and Jarvis Landry get knocked out in this game, and that opened the door for rookie Chris Olave. 13 targets, caught nine of them for 147 yards. Is this the beginning of big things for the Ohio State receiver? 
I mean, I think so. When when he got drafted here, we were all fairly excited about the landing spot. We thought it was going to be good for him. I think it's nothing, but I shouldn't say great news. You you don't want to see players get injured. But I, I don't see why he wouldn't continue to get the volume, even if those guys come back. I mean, Landry was great week one. I believe Michael Thomas had a pretty good game week one, too. He caught two touchdowns. So, like, both those guys were good. They're not much in week two. Like, I think Olave is the future. The biggest question and concern you probably have right now with the Saints is how healthy is Jameis going to be? Because we, we kind of saw old Jameis again, right? Like, throws for 300 yards, but multiple interceptions, only one touchdown. Like, Chris Olave had a day, but at that point, I think it gets back to the old ways of back in the day, we saw this offense only be able to support one wide receiver. It was Michael Thomas. Do we see that again now with the way Winston's playing? If Michael Thomas and Jarvis come back, can you bet on that being Olave every single week? Well, everybody was healthy last week, and Olave still had 13 targets. Um, He wasn't as efficient. He only had five catches on 13 versus nine catches this week. So I think Olave is kind of establishing himself, and I think Jarvis Landry will be the odd man out there. Uh, If if Thomas and Olave and uh, Landry are all healthy, I, I do think that it ends up being uh, a Michael Thomas, uh, Chris Olave offense there. Also, big uh, big ups to Traquan Smith, just waving the middle finger to all fantasy players coming out with a 105-yard receiving day one year after he was literally the only option in New Orleans and couldn't do anything. Um, that, that tracks. Well, Dennis, if you had LaVisca Chenault on your week three bingo card, congratulations. Uh, we have to talk about him. He kind of made his first splash since being traded from the Jaguars. Caught a 67-yard touchdown pass, ends up with two receptions for 90 yards, which you wouldn't say is impressive except for I saw the Panthers' box score and nothing about their pass offense has been impressive. Is LaVisca Chenault possibly going to be a thing? Maybe. Uh, I don't, you know, he, he didn't get, he, he's not playing a ton of snaps. I think he was the fourth wide receiver on the team in snaps. He he caught a swing pass and had an alley and he showed that he was fast. All things that we knew. Um, he's get, definitely got a ways to go before he, he he's fantasy relevant. You know, he's, uh, this game makes him no more, no more fantasy relevant than Jelani Woods or OJ Howard. I mean, it's just he he caught he caught two passes. And it, let me see some more. Could it happen? I don't know. But I think people in uh, Carolina are fixing to start clamoring for Sam Darnold. Uh, for more interesting news, uh, just came out. Matt Jones does have a severe high ankle sprain that will require him to have surgery. Per sources, likely to miss uh, at least multiple games. Per Adam Schefter, so you know, I just figured we want to talk about something interesting. Per Adam Schefter sources, I'm curious. Like I, a severe high, what surgery do they do? I have no idea. Would cause to have. Cause many to have surgery. I don't know. Maybe it's that tightrope thing. The tightrope doesn't surgery. sound great. No, you know who great. else had two receptions uh, for the Panthers is Shy Smith. That uh, passing game is a dumpster fire. 
On to the next game. The Los Angeles Rams went down to Arizona and got the 20-12 to win. Matt, after a week one in which Cam Akers was just a rumor, he led the team with 12 carries, got 61 yards and a touchdown. Wasn't incredible on ball security, but are you feeling a little bit more confident about his role in the Rams offense? Probably because Henderson didn't look great either. So, and I feel like McVay is very much a hot Cooper Cush. Cooper Cup's just going to start taking all all the snaps. I'd be all for it right now. (laughs) I have him in a redraft league that I'm likely about to go zero and three unless unless Tony Pollard doesn't score four points tonight, which I would believe is a fantasy football miracle because it's not going to happen. He's going to score four points. I need it, but no, I think uh, I, I. Cam makers for right now. Yeah. Sean McVay is going to keep switching back and forth. I, I don't believe at all in this, this one running back system that everybody talks about with him. Uh, so right now, yes, I will believe in Cam makers and put him in my lineups. It's, it's one running back at a time system. You know, he doesn't put two of them on the field. The at time part. They just <laughs> did the one running back and then keep moving. Right. On. Yeah. Yeah. No, I think, you know, I, I, I am encouraged by Akers uh, performance coming off the Achilles. Uh, he's no James Robinson yet, but he's looking better. Uh, I, You know, there's always, we've always had the sense that they don't believe Henderson can carry the load. And so they're always going to try to manage him down and only use him at high volume when they just don't have anybody else. And, uh, you know, that, that hampers, Henderson's productivity. Uh, I'm probably, you know, more concerned with why is Ben Skoranek getting four targets and Allen Robinson? Well, he, I guess he got five. Skoranek had four catches for 66. I'm nervous about A-Rob. That's who I'm starting to get nervous about. You know, there, he just isn't meshing. Yeah, I mean that is a concern. I will, re- I will recall though that Robert Woods got off to a pretty painfully slow start last year in the first couple of weeks, and then came around. So there's hope. I think with Acres for me, it feels like Sean McVay wants Acres to succeed, which is probably a good sign for him. On the flip side, Dennis, we talked about it a little bit. Greg Dorch, another big week, saw ten targets, caught nine of them for eighty yards. Are you believing in the Dorch? You know what. Despite the specter of Rondale Moore's draft capital hanging over his head like a a, a guillotine, I think Dorch is going to keep the job when when Moore is healthy. He's just putting up the numbers, and at some with with all of the questionable decisions that uh, Cliff Kingsbury has made, I feel like when you've got a player that's producing like this, and then you just are going to take him off the field because you spent, you know, a second round pick on, on a player that hasn't produced in what, two years or three years since he's been on the team. Uh, I, I I feel like they'll try to work more back in, but that they're going to keep Dorch getting, you know, his role is going to definitely be reduced when DeAndre Hopkins comes back. It'll be Hopkins and Hollywood, I think. And then Dorch will be the third option. But I think, there's, I mean, Kyler Murray threw the ball 58 times. Maybe after all these years of them only being perceived as a passing team, now they're like, hey, we're going to chuck it and duck it. Let's roll. 
Yeah, I I believe in him, and I'm keeping him in my lineups. I think one thing I've learned the past couple of years is regardless if the players are in and out, it seems like these NFL coaches are not moving away from guys that are producing. And when you have a guy like him dorching secondaries <laughs> – <laughs> Anyways, uh, I think that Did he. You, be honest, you showed up today just for that, right? Just for that, I I saw Dorch on the on the sheet. I was like, yeah, we're a dad joke of the day. I I'm keeping him in. I mean, look, I agree with Dan, like, does he maybe take a backseat to Rondale Moore? Possibly, but Rondale Moore has not shown us anything that Dorch has in three games. Like, I don't think he's going away anytime soon, especially if Cliff Kling, can't even say his name anymore. Cliff Kingsbury wants to keep his job. I think we have to call him fall off a cliff Kingsbury from now on to also navigated. this is, this was my comment in the off season. They have the perception of being a high volume pass offense, but 58 pass attempts, they had 12 friggin' points. I mean, on to another disappointing, uh, game down in South Florida. The Green Bay Packers came in to face the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. We were hoping for a shootout and instead we got a 14 to 12 moderate snoozer. Matt, for the Packers, we've talked about how it can take a long time to get Aaron Rodgers' trust, but here in week three, Romeo Dubs leads the team in targets with eight catches, all eight of them for 73 yards and a touchdown. Are you starting to believe in Dubs? I am cautiously optimistic. I, I do want to believe in him. We saw all this preseason, not only him making plays, but he was actually one of the few guys that Aaron Rodgers was talking up along with, obviously, Alan Lazard. Alan Lazard's been okay. He hasn't been anything great. But I think Rodgers realizes he didn't have Devontae Adams on this roster anymore. He can't feed one player, which, I'll be honest, I hoped would be Alan Lazard. I had him ranked fairly highly. So I do think that's why he's spreading the ball around, not just a dozen. I believe Tanyan had a pretty good day as well. So... Dubs, in my opinion, has already jumped Christian Watson. Randall Cobb, I think, is just there to play K to Rodgers. He's very old. I don't think he's going to become anything this year. Neither will Amari Rodgers. So, yeah, I mean, I'd still be hesitant to start him unless you're in some of like the deeper leagues we are in. And I want to see it for a couple more weeks. But I would definitely have him on my rosters because I do think he's going to be the two in Green Bay besides Alan Lazard. I mean, um, Amari Rodgers is getting out snapped by Jawan Winfrey. I don't even know who that is. I think Amari Rogers has kind of basically settled in as their special teams returner, which I mean might keep him on the team. But you're right; I don't see him being. Yeah, I, I, I think as far as Dubs goes, I mean somebody has to step up, and this week it was him. And you know, there I agree with Matt. There was talk in the off season about how he was producing, and he's got the number one ability. And that's availability. You can't develop chemistry with Aaron Rodgers, especially without being out there getting reps, whether it's in practice, uh, in meetings. You know, that's what Rodgers needs. He's, you know, we see these dinosaur quarterbacks and they have a way of doing things. And that's where Rodgers sits and, and even Brady. And, and as long as Dubs continues to do these things, have these games, you know, it's not great that he had less than 10 yards per reception. You know, that's not, that's not the the kind of number you're looking for, but with eight catches and a touchdown, I, I guess you'll take that. That's a very productive PPR fantasy game. On the flip side, we've seen injuries take a toll, but the, this is now the third game in a row where the Tampa Bay offense has really struggled 
to kind of get going and put up points. Uh, they seem to rally a little bit last week after uh, Mike Evans got ejected. But Dennis, is this offense starting to show signs of age? Yes. Uh, and speaking of low production receptions, I mean, I love that Russell Gage had, what did he have, 12 catches on 13 targets, but at 7.25 yards per reception. I mean, it was, who was, it was like what, Debo Samuel had a negative A dot last year. I think Gage kind of had a game like that. Uh, his, his long was 15 yards on, on 12 receptions. Productive. 12 for 87 and a touchdown. So yeah, that, That's fans. good fantasy points. But, I, I, you know, not having Godwin, not having Evans, those things, not having Julio, they were down their top three wide receivers. You know, I'm not surprised that they lost. I wouldn't have been surprised if Brady pulled it out either. But it was just a situation where they were down a lot of weapons. And you know, Fournette, I, the game was close enough. I'm surprised Fournette only rushed the ball 12 times. But, you know, sometimes Brady goes pass happy. I mean, I – I had Tom Brady ranked outside the top 12 this year. A lot of it is, I don't even don't want to say it's age. I, this offensive line has had a ton of injuries. You're out Godwin. You're out Mike Evans. It's like Tom Brady's back in New England again with no weapons and a really bad offensive line. And like, hey, Tom, go out there and do it again. Only difference is Tom is like 15, 20 years older. I, I don't. I don't think Tampa Bay is just going to be a good offense this year. And I don't think it's necessarily because of Tom. I think he'll be fine once Evans comes back. Hopefully Godwin comes back at some point this year. It's more just that offensive line has got a ton of injuries. And I just, Tom doesn't even look like he's really in it anymore. I mean, I, like I said, I talked about it this offseason. I, I felt like the wanting to be to retire, then come back, all that is it then takes off all of like preseason. I, I felt like that was going to affect him. And I really think it is now. Let me tell you, I've never worried about Brady more than on the drive home listening to his radio show with Jim Gray when he returned from a break and sang the Every Kiss Begins with K theme song. <laughs> that, du- that, dude's o- that dude's over it. Uh, on to what was probably the most shocking result of the weekend. The Jacksonville Jaguars went to Los Angeles and just threw a beatdown on the Chargers, 38-10. to 10. We'll get to our worry about the Chargers in a minute, but Matt, James Robinson, he has been strong this season. Comes out 17 carries, 100 yards, looked fast on a 50-yard breakaway touchdown, catches three passes. Is he the return from Achilles injury success story we've been waiting for? Yeah. I mean, he's, I don't know if uh, college football fans will get this joke. I don't know how long he was down in Clemson and spending time with Dabo Sweeney to be able to, you know, have a miraculous recovery from Achilles tear, but congratulations to him. I don't, I don't even think that's, I think the real story is shit. Were we really wrong about Trevor Lawrence and the Jaguars? Because my Trevor goodness, Lawrence this, looks incredible too. I mean, this you, team looks the good. Jaguars have top ten fantasy assets at quarterback, running back, and receiver right now. I just want to know what portal I stepped into and what world I'm on because this is wow. Congratulations to him and Doug Peterson. I. I'll be the first to admit it. I did not think it was going to work out with Doug Peterson going to Jacksonville. I was wrong, 
boy, boy, were we were we right on how bad Urban Meyer was for the Jaguars because <laughs> it looked like a completely different sport they are playing. It is ridiculous how good they look. I mean, the only the only way it wouldn't have worked out, I mean, it had to work out when you compare it to what happened last year. I mean, there was no possible way if they if Peterson was there four years and and went six and eleven all four years, it was still better than last year. I mean, that's how bad it was. Robinson looks great. I man, I just I I'm I'm stunned at how good he looks. Now, granted, that 50-yard touchdown, that was a giant hole that he ran through. I mean, the blocking was good. The offensive line. T-Rich couldn't have hit it. No, but, you know, ETN probably couldn't have hit it either. Um, But but it was a big hole, and Robinson bust through it. It was – he looks really good. I'm happy for him. ETM would have saw it. He would just ran into the back of his lineman on the way to that hole. That's the problem. I mean, he he was he was probably like Thomas Morstead. He was looking for a butt to run into. Um, on the, the flip side, <laughs> Chargers were a pretty trendy preseason pick to do pretty well. Some people had them even in the Super Bowl. They're now one and two, kind of a ho-hum win over a Raiders team that we've seen not end up being that great. Weren't able to get it done against Kansas City. Didn't even look like they belonged on the field on Sunday. Dennis, is it somewhat the rib injury for Justin Herbert, or are you starting to have a few concerns about the Chargers super team? No, I think they're going to be fine. I mean, that that injury was no joke. Um, I, I think it changed a lot about, their approach to the game. They lost Joe, uh, Joey Bosa during the game. You know, the defense is having some injury issues. Uh, and then they were down Keenan Allen as well. So, you know, they didn't have a, a full complement of weapons. So I, I think the offense is going to be fine. They're explosive. Uh, you know, football is one of those games where often – it isn't always the team with the most talent that wins the title. It's the team that stays the healthiest. And that may not bode well for my Chargers v. Rams Super Bowl pick I made in the preseason here because it certainly looks like the Chargers are not going to be healthy this year. Fire everybody. That's all I have to say. I do want to see him when Keenan Allen gets back because they started pretty strong against the Raiders and then Allen went out in that game. And I wonder how much it's impacting their passing game. But I, I thought the Jacksonville Jaguar game might be closer because of Herbert's injury, but I, there's gotta be more going on than just that injury. I think it's a mixture of a whole bunch of bad things. I mean, they should have beat the chiefs and I know what it should have, could have, I get it, but they should have beaten the chiefs. That was a good game. Maybe it was just a, you know, Herbert coming back from not even back. I mean, he's dealing with it. Can you just imagine the stress on, stress on that dude's mind knowing that he was about to go get shot up by the same medical team that punctured Tyrod Taylor's lung? Like, I'd also, did out. you hear that they, they brought in special equipment so they could do imaging to give that shot? Because that guy is currently, I don't know, how did the Chargers not Tyrod change Taylor. doctors? Yeah. When you have somebody suing him, yeah, that's that's yeah. If good. I was Justin Herbert, I'd be like, nah, I'm good, I'll play injured, like, don't even bring that dude near me. So, yeah, I, I was uh, 
I'm sure he was freaking out. It, it, we'll see. I, I am definitely worried. There's a lot of rumors that they a lot of players are not happy with this coaching staff and everything. It's just typical Chargers, right? They get all these great this all this great talent around them, and then something else happens. Before we get to our next game, we got a trade question. I traded Hollywood Brown and James Robinson for Derrick Henry. Did I win? Uh, for me, that'd be a no. I would much rather have Hollywood and J Rob. Yeah, sorry, Day Day. I, I would much rather have Hollywood and J Rob as well. I mean, Dynasty it's... or redraft? Either Not, format no, for me. Uh, hey, I was trying to. I was just trying to. You know, I I, I feel like that it's two starters for one. So. Unless you have a, a team that's just so stocked you can afford to give away two starters, uh, you know, you didn't win. On to a game which turned out to be a little more interesting than it, maybe we would have thought. The Falcons win 27-23 in Seattle. Matt, I will start with you. Marcus Mariota, Cordero Patterson, Kyle Pitts had a good game. We're seeing some great things from Drake London. The Falcons may not be a wonderful team, but are they fun for fantasy? They are. And just wait till Desmond Ritter gets in there, man. Everybody's going to be lighting it up. No, I mean, Drake London... has been a decent streamer, I have to say, in some of my yeah, super he, flex he leagues. Has, he has not been bad. Kyle Pitts would have had a much better day if, if Mariota learns how to throw a touch pass and not sail it 50 yards over the dude's head. Anyways, I, I mean, London's been good. It was good to see Pitts kind of start getting going in this game. Hopefully more to come from him. I mean, Cordero Patterson. What is it? Never a score, Daryl. I mean, dude's ridiculous. I I should not have faded him because I am paying the price for that. Dude has been amazing. I'm very intrigued to see if he ends up getting traded at some point in time this year because of how good he has been. But yeah, they they are definitely a fun team to watch. Uh, my concern with Patterson is that he wore down a lot last year. Um, you know, he's I, I don't think he's going to hold up well if he's getting 17 carries a game. Uh, now, on the other side of that, you know, Algier was serviceable with his touches, averaging over four yards a carry. He doesn't have anywhere near the type of explosion that Patterson has. Um, completely different running style. I love uh, I, I love where the offense is going. And, you know, we lots of quarterbacks make shitty throws. Yeah, soon all those uh, shares of Tyler O'Dell are going to pay off in like yeah. week 13. Yeah, I hope so. Uh, Dennis, on the flip side, we're going to turn to uh, a place that's near and dear to your heart, and that is the Seahawks' backfield. Uh, Ken Walker, there was a lot of enthusiasm when he got drafted. He obviously dealt with the hernia injury preseason, been very slow to get involved. We saw him get three carries for 19 yards, three receptions for 14 yards. What do you make of Walker and his fantasy prospects this season? Well, it looks like he's developing into the passing down back for the Seahawks, you know, which would be make perfect sense for Pete Carroll because I think he caught like seven passes in 19 years of college football. Um, now, I, I think Walker is going to be fine, but Pete Carroll loves him some Rashad Penny. So, you know, Penny with 14 for 66. I, I, I think unless Walker has a, you know, if he goes in for a couple carries and he keeps, he starts to rip off some big chunks. I, I think Carroll will keep rotating him out for his guy Penny. Um, it's interesting they let uh, uh, Gino throw the ball forty-four times uh, yesterday, but I, I think uh, I think Kenneth Walker. 
I, I don't think he's going to be a top 24 back this year unless something changes. He's definitely a very low-end flex at this point um, until we start seeing him get more volume on a consistent basis. But if he starts to get three, four, five, six targets, you know, if he starts to pick up targets from DJ Dallas because he has uh, a little more uh, explosiveness or from Penny Hart or, you know, Will Disley or Colby Parkinson, some of those tight ends. I mean, gosh dang, Pete, what, at, what's that, four, seven, nine targets spread across three different tight ends. Glad they traded for Fant and picked up his fifth-year option. Yeah. What's even more concerning is they had Kenneth Walker lining up his fullback a bunch. Like, what are we doing? Fire Pete Carroll. This this really just shows you if you went into your 2022 rookie draft really needing a running back, you probably still do. Right. Yeah, unfortunately. All right. Well, on to our final game of the week, which was a Sunday night barn burner. The powerhouse Denver Broncos come away with the 11 to 10. Yes, it was 11 to 10 victory over the San Francisco 49ers. Matt, Jimmy G. What a game. Had a fumble on a center snap exchange, had a costly interception, and then at one point just forgot and ran out the back of the end zone. Product of a good defense or a few signs of rust for a guy that didn't let get involved this preseason? Probably both. Uh, Denver definitely has a good defense. I definitely think there's some rust there for Jimmy G. I mean, they weren't expecting him to play this year. With, with Lance being out there, unfortunately, he gets injured. We've seen Jimmy G be good and serviceable. Not going to say all of a sudden he's just gone from a guy who's, I mean, we're not talking about him being an elite quarterback, but he was a very good backup. Probably he, he's a top 32 quarterback in the league, if we're being honest. We didn't go see him from being that to being Dan Orlovsky, which he went and pulled on Sunday nights. I think he's going to be fine. Let's just give him a couple weeks. Yeah, I... I, I don't know that I buy the, you know, we didn't think we were going to see him because I think he he's a professional and he prepares like he's going to be seen. Um, Have you just, seen his girlfriend? Are we sure he's preparing for NFL games? Because I wouldn't be. I'm just going to throw that out there. I have not, but. Just going to be honest. Like, let's just, you know. You know I will say in his defense, if you watch the play where he accidentally backs up out of the back of the end zone, since they had let like three free rushers come at him, he was stepping back so he didn't get destroyed. He got hammered a few times last night. Dennis, on the flip side, Denver Broncos have a grand total of 43 points in uh, three games. Is this what they meant by let it ride? And um, what can they do to improve on offense? Well, I think you have to be patient. Um, that's the first thing. Uh, you know, maybe give the ball to Javante Williams more. The chemistry between Cortland Sutton and Russ is starting to develop. And I share uh, your angst as it relates to Russ. Uh, but don't panic. It's early. So I went and did a little bit of research here. So through four games during Russ's career, here, here's where he stands as fantasy quarterback. Uh, going Starting with, year, with 2012, through four games, he was QB 32. He finished his QB 10. Uh, in 13, he was QB 18, and he finished his QB 8. 
In 14, he was QB 18, and he finished his QB 3. 15, QB 9, finished his QB 3. 16, QB 19, finished his QB 11. And 17, holy smokes, through four games, he was QB 3, finished his QB 1. Uh, in 18, he was QB 20, finished his QB 9. In 19, he was QB3, finished his QB4, stunk up the joint. In 20, he was QB2, went really down the toilet, finished his QB6. And last year, he was QB10, and missing three games, he finished his QB19. So all is not lost. He is a notoriously slow starter. Um, He's getting acclimated to the thin air you guys live in up there. Uh, a piss poor coach. Um, I think he's going to be just fine. Just got to be patient. Yeah. I mean, he's always been a slow starter, as Dennis mentioned. I think it's amplified by the fact that he's continually posting cringeworthy TikToks everywhere that's making everybody kind of dislike him more and more. But I do think at the end of the day, he'll be just fine, as will the Broncos offense. Yeah, was it? So I don't know if you guys saw that Hackett um, hired somebody to help him figure out how to manage a game, which is both a good uh, sign of recognizing trouble and also a worrying sign for somebody who'd only coached two professional games. Last night, I was heartened that some of the ridiculous penalties like delay of game and stuff um, got cleaned up. They didn't have to have the hometown fans counting down the play clock, which I, I thought was was probably a better sign. I also think last night the play calling was a little bit better. There was sometimes some gaps in execution. Like how much differently would we have thought about the game if Jerry Judy had actually caught the ball that went over the top to him? I think they've had some near misses. People here have pointed out, and I do kind of remember when Peyton Manning came here, his first three games, they were one and two. And I do remember after like a Monday night game against the Falcons that they lost, I thought, oh my God, Peyton Manning's washed this entire season is garbage. And they ended up a 13 and three team. So my tendency as a fan is to want to uh, panic. And last night I was repaid by my panic. I screamed at one point in time, forgetting I was cradling our cat who then put all of her uh, claws into my thigh and took all the skin off my leg. So I, you know, I think that was my, as my wife said, I deserved it apparently. So I think that hopefully they will make some signs of going forward. I am encouraged by Cortland Sutton, 10 targets caught eight of them for 97 yards. They have some good chemistry. I think if they can get some of the other people going, if we could stop giving the ball to Mr. Fumbles a lot, um, and remember that Javante Williams is on our team. I don't know if Nathaniel Hackett spent the offseason with Frank Reich. Um, just that school of forgetting. But like Somebody just needs to get to the new help me coach and say, hey, when he asks you what to do, say, don't put in Melvin Gordon. Keep Javante Williams in there. I, I think it's great, though, that you know he, he wants to do well. And he's like, look, there are some things maybe that I'm not doing good right now. I, I, I hate when a first-time coach says, I'm going to be the play caller. I think it's the dumbest freaking move out there. Um, but, you know, I also get ego, and that's really all that is. But he has – he was able to set that aside enough to say, I need to I, – I, I need a get-back coach for my ear 
to tell me, hey, you need to get back, get your head back in the game, call a timeout. Hey, you don't have a timeout, shut up, things like that. All right. Well, that'll do a wrap for today. Matt and I will be back on Wednesday with a look at tonight's game since you were not with us on Friday. Cowboys or Giants? Giants. I think I took the Cowboys. I'm pretty sure you did too, Dennis. I think I did, yeah. So some one of the two of us will be happy on fighting Saquon Barkley's do it again, baby. I, I actually have to start Jake Ferguson tonight. That might be the roughest thing I've heard all week. Yeah, I've already lost that game, so it doesn't matter. Well, that's a wrap for today. We will be back on Wednesday looking at tonight's game and looking ahead at the Thursday night football game, which I'm sure is a game. I forget who's playing. But until then, Dennis, what should the people do? Go to your favorite podcast platform, subscribe, download, listen, don't listen, just download rate review we love them five stars give it to us let us have it prepare for glory i don't know if you got your popcorn ready do you got your popcorn ready i came out the wrong line already and he's hit the end zone for an unbelievable touchdown i would be honored if you played football for this team throw it up above his head they can't jump with me golly only tackle him at the 40 yard line Make a play. I can't. Who can make a play? I can't.